0: Welcome to episode 205 of the Formula One Grid Talk podcast. Today, the team will be here to preview all the talking points ahead of this weekend's Canadian Grand Prix. Hosting today will be myself, Philip Matthew, of the Grip Strip podcast, and joining me today will be Mikhail Katia, a Formula One rider, uh- Adam Burns of the... Of the DNF1 podcast. Hi, everyone. And Carl King of the Monkey Seat podcast. Hello. So, we're coming off of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix yesterday, which uh, saw uh, Max Verstappen win yet again and uh, tie a couple of legends with 25 Formula One wins uh, in the process. Um, increases points lead over his teammate Sergio Perez in the point standings at the expense of the Ferrari team and their customers since five of the six Ferrari cars, powered cars in the race yesterday had issues of some sort, including pole sitter Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. So leading into this weekend's Canadian Grand Prix, the momentum is all in the Uh, favor of Red Bull in the um, hands of Max Verstappen trying to get another world championship. It was a good day for his uh, girlfriend's family since, of course, he won. And And her sister's driver, Daniel Suarez, also won his first career Cup Series race at Sonoma, California in the NASCAR. Cup series, so um, great day for the PKs, and they didn't have to run over anybody or wreck anybody to do it. So it was actually pretty convenient for them. Uh, Mikhail, we'll go with you first in regards to Max Verstappen this weekend. It's not; uh, it's the first time in a few years since we've been at Montreal, of course, um, and uh, it's been three years, and uh, it's not a track that uh, Max has won at yet, but all signs based on the car and based on how Max is doing uh, speaks to the high possibility that we may be watching uh, him win again this coming weekend. It may not happen in qualifying, but it'll probably happen in the race.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was looking back at how he's, he's fared in, in Montreal, you know, in in 2019 and 2018. And he hasn't really, I mean, he's had good results, fifth and a fifth and a third. And being the better Red Bull driver both times, but yeah, I, I wonder if it is as strong of a track for Red Bull as as we're expecting now. Coming coming from Azerbaijan, um, I don't know. I think he'll definitely still struggle to get a pole there. I uh, I would have my money on on Charles for that more more likely. I think he he should. I would expect him to be maybe second maybe third, depending on Perez. But overall, yeah, I'm I'm not maybe expecting him to be the favorite, at least. But I mean, of course, as we see this weekend, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So as long as he maybe gets a little bit of, of, a, of an upper hand on Perez, I think he'll be well positioned to at least get solid points. And then I assume that, you know, when Ferrari eventually breaks down again, then he'll probably reap the benefit and win the race. So I don't think he's a clear favorite, but know he'll be definitely second place most likely yeah it's
0: something where he's never really been in a position per se to compete because it has been mercedes uh emphasis for the past however many years since the turbo hybrid era started and it's a track where one particular driver has done very very well in his career there um which we'll get into in a little bit but you mentioned him, uh, Mikhail, in uh, regards to Sergio Perez, and Sergio right now is second in points. Uh, he has put himself uh, right in the conversation to possibly go and compete for a world championship. To be honest, we already know the, what the discussion or what, how that will all work out. Winning Monaco was, um, was a huge uh, win, his biggest win of his career, uh for Sergio Perez. And but when you get into things, he's very consistent and he has uh put himself right in the mix. He's only 21 points behind his teammate, um, only one DNF this year and uh multiple podiums, was it four podium finishes, no finishes outside of fourth um in regular races and so in in that sense uh adam when we get into sergio perez he's he's in the mix all the time not just in the race but where everybody knows his tire preservation is probably the best on the grid but he has gotten around disqualifying to where he's doing better at times than max Verstappen, and so it gives him an opportunity here in this spot at Montreal a racetrack where they haven't been in three years will be rough um, relative similar to what they had this past weekend at Azerbaijan. And who knows, maybe uh, Sergio Perez could go out there and, and uh, follow his compatriot Daniel Suarez and get a victory this weekend at Montreal.
2: Yeah. It's quite interesting with Checo because, you know, he is starting to become what Red Bull really needed in a number two driver. He's picking up results. He's getting the odd win. Most importantly, when his teammate Max Verstappen isn't able to get the victory, he's able to pick up the spoils and more importantly, take points off his rivals. I think a lot of people would have been a little bit disappointed, particularly that radio call in Azerbaijan when Max had that overtake on Checo where they said no fighting. But I think the way the race was playing out, it seemed that Max was able to manage his pace and his tyres a lot better in that opening stint than Checo was. He looked like he was scampering away and then he started to come back towards Leclerc and Verstappen, before the pit stops, came into force, that early, uh, safety, early virtual safety car. And it just felt, as Checo said, that Max was a lot stronger than him on the day. And I, I agree. I think even without the team orders, I think Max would have got the better of Checo at some point during that race anyway. So I totally understand that. Overall... It was more surprising to me the way that Checo managed that first stint, though, because this is a guy that we often associate as being brilliant out of the traction zones. He handles slow 90 degree corners as good as anybody in F1 right now, and he's great on tire management. But we saw the opposite of that. Granted, we didn't know how the race was going to play out because Red Bull had the race in the bag once Ferrari suffered their reliability trouble. So going into Montreal... With Checo in the position that he's in in the championship, with a new contract underneath and an even a longer-term contract as well, when he's operating brilliantly with this new car, particularly in qualifying, he does seem to have a slight edge on his teammate over one lap pace. It will be interesting to see if this dynamic changes a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I said in Azerbaijan, I didn't think the status quo would, uh, would change. I think Max Verstappen is certainly going to get the backing of his team for this world championship, and Checo is going to play the supporting role. I don't expect that to change this weekend. What I will say, though, is... Depending on what happens with Ferrari, it could be the difference between Perez having a chance at winning and not. We can't really predict that at the moment because of how unstable those Ferraris are in reliability as quick as they are. And on pace, I would say they might consider themselves favorites this weekend, but we can't really judge them in that regard, unfortunately. So I'm expecting another strong weekend from Checo, easily top four on merit, possibly another podium. And, And you never know, the race might pan out for him and he may win again.
0: I I mean, it's going to be we've seen it so far this year, a quarter way through the season. It's been four drivers plus a certain other guy for another team uh, that seems to sneak on the podium once in a while. Um, Fundamentally, we know who's going to be in the mix generally week to week, even with uh, the developments or some of the developments that have come along. But Red Bull is in their own zone right now um it it has feels and and momentum similar to Vettel's great times in from 2009 through 13 um you just changed the character and it's Max Verstappen essentially but the difference there you brought up um favorite favorite who's going to be favored and not Adam the fact is there isn't the same aggro that there was between Vettel and um Mark Weber, uh, there definitely isn't that same dynamic as it is here with Max Verstappen and, um, Checo Perez, Checo Perez definitely understands his role, but he's served dutifully and has become a very strong, um, competitor to the point where it could be similar to the years of, um, Lewis and say, uh, or, Rosberg or Lewis and even Valtteri at times, where they would dominate the world championship, but switching to uh, those Ferraris that both of you have mentioned, Carl, um, Charles Leclerc qualified on pole again, had great pace, had all the energy went and was in position at least initially to possibly go and have a chance, but the start didn't go well for him yesterday. And it kind of just unraveled from there for him and his team. Yet another DNF, um coming off of some of the recent races of course talking about Monaco and uh, where they threw away a likely win um Ferrari is on the back foot at the moment they may have the best one lap pace amongst all the teams right now but Charles Leclerc's confidence is going to start going down and with his confidence goes the Scuderia honestly based on the lack of consistency his teammate has provided. Um, What are you looking for at circuit Gilles Villeneuve for the lead driver?
3: Um, I mean, Mr. Leclerc, um, he finished third last time out, our last outing to Canada back in 2019 now. And so, you know, he likes that track in the Ferrari. Um, Obviously, this was pre getting told off days. Um, And yeah, so, I mean, look, the clerk. I mean, you're right. Is They are Mr. Saturdays, the Ferraris, um, the two of them almost. Um, there's nothing that they can't really do. They'll lap and um, it's a street circuit. So they're going to be pushing out the um, Mercedes, which aren't going to be in there. They're not going to touch them. Um, so and they should they should basically be. Th- one and three or one and four. I don't think um signs will get up there. So uh the clerk is just grand. He is getting hampered by the Ferraris uh, by the Ferrari Scuderia. Um and they're not gonna gain anything really. Um it, I think this could be another poll and not win again. It's it and the it, keep the record going. Um I just don't think they have to the start off the line either. Uh, the power of the line compared to the Red Bulls and second and third. And if those Red Bulls are together, they're vicious.
0: And that's the issue that Ferrari has at the moment. Uh, Initially, at the start of the season, Ferrari had shown an ability amongst their duo uh, to go and stand up to the Red Bulls, at least for the first couple of Grand Prix of the season. But since... Uh, The Saudi Grand Prix, it's kind of gone away. And along with that, even with the problems that Max Verstappen had early in the season with reliability, um, Ferrari's, not only their pace, but their, of course, strategy, which is well-known, has came into question and has left, along with, with their reliability, has left Ferrari on the back foot second and now second Uh, firmly second in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, But Mikhail, in regards to his teammate, Carlos Sainz, uh, you know, I mean, back in his over all the years, he's been in Formula One, been in different cars, nothing of great significance to be up in the top five per se. But is this an opportunity for him, you know, after scuffling a bit, of course, not being able to really race yesterday, going out very early, um at a track hasn't been there in a few years to go and maybe establish himself reestablish himself as somewhat of a factor in this uh not maybe not for the championship but maybe for second in the driver's standings uh come year's end
1: i mean i would like to believe that i i as i was already talking in reference to max uh i think ferraris are going to canada as the favorites for getting any reliability issues, um, and I would like to see science kind of push up to the level of 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 Leclerc because the beginning of the season has been so I wouldn't even necessarily say mediocre because not only has he had a lot of the reliability issues, but he's also had you know some serious mistakes uh in, in both qualities and races. I mean, sometimes unlucky and, and sometimes purely on his own fault. So I would love to see him get a get some success. Um you know he's he's still hunting that first win with you know with Ferrari as well. Well first win for his career I think as well. So um if there are no reliability issues and I'm hoping that his confidence is you know still up there. Um I would expect him to be very close to tailing with with Leclerc on on the second. So maybe if something happens or let's say Ferrari is a bit more conservative with the pit strategy with Leclerc trying to, you know, battle with Verstappen and then maybe they let science go on a long one stop or however, you know, I I, I think without the car breaking down, I think and I hope that that Carlos will be uh, in contention for the win, but... We'll see he he really needs to turn his uh, trajectory after for this season. Yeah, I mean, based
0: on I mean, I bring it up in regards to points. I brought him up because it was Ferrari. We were on the Ferrari discussion. Um, but he's actually fifth in points after his uh, second DNF of the season yesterday at Azerbaijan. Um it's been a struggle. Third DNF? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just uh, not been considering what the initial pace was this year and at times looking like he could qualify and pull. And generally in qualifying, setting that benchmark time in Q3 and giving Charles Leclerc something to aim at or Max Verstappen, and they've usually answered on the second run relative to Carlos Sainz for whatever reason. Um, his, pa- his pace and his performance has kind of gotten away from what got Carlos Sainz into the Ferrari in the first place, which is a shame, but I think it also comes with the pressure of being in a really good car when it runs. Um, speaking of a car that runs... Um, albeit very roughly, um, is the Mercedes and a certain George Russell who got yet another podium. There used to be a thing here on this show where um, our great host George would go and say that uh, George Russell will score points, and um, it used to be a thing for a long time. And then he started scoring points, and then he started getting a he got a podium last year, and now he's in a Mercedes and. I think a lot of us were hoping it would be a little bit further up or they'd actually have a chance, but as it stands, they're the third best team in formula one at the moment. And George Russell is outperforming his world championship winning teammate, uh, multiple podiums, Adam and another solid performance relative to what the car is providing them. But I think it really speaks to what George has had to deal with over time in regards to quality of equipment minus the obvious um, back issues and chiropractic visits and other doctors that he's going to have to see after this season because of all the damage that's being done to him. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, George Russell for this weekend at Montreal um, and for Mercedes as we lead into
2: a certain other guy who's been known to win there a lot? Yeah, I mean, George Russell, for lack of a better way of putting it, is doing a sensational job. Um, considering that what he's got, uh, w- what he's got on him in terms of a car, and his consistency this season has been absolutely incredible. I think a lot of us were already preparing caveats in, you know, the form of it was going to be his first season in Mercedes. Of course, there was a lot of hype and potential for him. Some going as far as saying that he was the heir apparent to the throne that Sir Lewis Hamilton currently occupies in Mercedes and also F1 by extension. But you know, despite all of that. George has excelled so far this season. As you said, he's not finished outside the top five in any Grand Prix this season. He's the only driver to have achieved that this season. It was his third podium in Baku. And the one amazing thing about what George Russell is doing this season is he's limiting the damage that Mercedes are suffering as a result of the issues that they have with the car, the obvious golfing performance between themselves and the Ferraris and Red Bulls who right now, reliability aside are in a completely different league on performance to anybody else in the field. So despite all the issues that are going on at Mercedes, George Russell is maximizing the absolute most that he can and picking up the pieces. And for a lack of, as I said, for lack of a better way of putting it, he's doing a fantastic job this weekend. Obviously he's only raced there once before in F1. And as I said, back in 2019, he was in a completely different car back then, a completely different set of circumstances. So the expectation is going up and up and up with every race with George Russell. But right now we're seeing a guy that's got bags of talent, a very mature head considering he has very young shoulders, although his back might be feeling a little bit older than it should owing to the porpoison of that Mercedes right now. But no matter what's being thrown at him, he's absolutely delivering and doing a great job. So I see no reason why that can't continue. The only issue, which is obviously quite obvious right now, is the issue of porpoising with Mercedes and Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about following this weekend's Grand Prix in Baku about what the FIA can do about this. Is there anything they can do to try and enforce uh, a regulation change of some sort to either help Mercedes or something that might hinder them if it's something as simple as raising the ride heart in the car? I know Total Wolf has gone out and said that it wouldn't make too much of a difference because it was shown that Mercedes were actually running a lot lower than almost everybody else. So it's something that people might have thought they could mitigate themselves rather than put their drivers through the pain barrier um, at the compromise of performance. So... There's going to be a lot of fallout from this. I don't expect a short-term solution. So for now, hopefully we're going to go to a few more circuits where the track, is a little, the track surface is a little bit more easier to drive on rather than the bumps that we saw at Baku and Monaco, for example. A bit more like what we saw at Barcelona, which Mercedes seems to handle a lot better. So we'll have to wait and see. But right now, George Russell is doing a phenomenal job with Mercedes. And once that car does get up to speed and it's a lot more comfortable ride, I'm expecting big things from George Russell. And it
0: would be a good uh, thing for Mercedes in general, since he is the future of their uh, team, albeit they have plenty of drivers in their reserves and in the lower formulas, but George is the guy. And this year through a quarter of the season, I think he has proven why uh, Mercedes has invested so much in him um, to Take over from Lewis Hamilton, who, um, the seven time world champion, it was reported about him uh, not being able to get out of the car very well. Um, seeing him as a fellow 37 year old um, hobbling out of a car with back issues, it kind of reminds me of me, but the difference is he's way richer, um, has way more talent, um, has had way more women, um, and many other great things, 100 plus Formula One wins, etc, etc, seven world championships. But in this case, Lewis has been, I guess, being an R&D guy this year, trying to figure out different ways to make this car drivable, but it hasn't been as good for him, Carl. And obviously. The results show not only on Saturday but on Sunday. Uh he was able to go and get a fourth place finish yesterday. Um he currently sits sixth in points. He's 21 points behind Carlos Sainz. So at the moment, you know, for Lewis, it's going to a track where he's won seven times, tied with Michael Schumacher for the most ever at Circuit Gilles Villeneuve in Montreal. Um, number eight likely isn't gonna happen without some sort of miracle, Uh, but um, for Lewis, it's more, I think, about kind of getting himself back in the mix with his teammate, let alone, uh, you know, competing to race up with the top four guys because this is the biggest battle I think Lewis has had with a teammate since, you know, I mean, everyone will talk about Nico, but that's Mm -hmm. neither here nor there. I think more towards his times with um, Jensen bought at McLaren, which was actually an equal battle. Um, and it was balanced because McLaren didn't really give any favoritism. And in the end, it was a very good, strong battle. And Jensen actually beat Lewis. And so now George is doing it. What's the motivation going back to one of his favorite places coming off of such a brutal race, Carl, to go out there other than, you know, being as great as he has been there? to go out and actually maximize performance.
3: It might be one of his favorite places, but it's a street track, let's be honest. And that is going to cause a nightmare for that Mercedes. Um, And again, don't believe everything you hear about Uh, uh, in my mind, don't believe everything you read and see Uh, with that man, he is a compulsive liar in my mind and the back thing is purely to get the ride height up because they can't control their their car and the only way they can control the car is by raising everyone's ride height so their car will go equally well but on a smoother track. Um so I think it's all complete bull. Um I'm trying not to swear. Um so which uh it's hard to me. But uh yeah I don't know. I think that uh, the, the Hamilton's not that bad let's be honest. He is he's a consistent sixth in in reality. He's always in he's always uh, apart from Imola, he's always been in the top ten. Um and if averaging out he is sixth he's exactly where he should be um and he'll probably end up i mean he did well last week let's be honest had the signs and the clerks stayed in um he would have um he would have been sixth uh let's be honest and the same with Russell, he would have been fifth. So let's not get too excited by that podium. Let's not get too excited. They are fifth and sixth. Um, he was about, though, saying that Hamilton uh, at Azerbaijan was about 30 seconds behind Russell, which was quite worrying and appalling. Um, I don't know if that's strategy almost. most. Um, Hamilton is going to have a tough year. Um, he's just got a grin and bear it. Um, that car is a crock of... Something, and he really has to grin and bear it this year. Um, He's going to have to grin and bear Montreal. If he gets a fourth, he's lucky. Um, But I'm expecting him to land in sixth, um, which is exactly where he should be at the moment. And that car needs to do one, basically. Uh, We said it from the very beginning, that car is just an engineering step too far.
0: Yeah, they probably jumped the shark on that one. Uh, It reminds me of uh, the McLaren in 09 when they had spent so much energy trying to win the world championship. And in turn, they did win the driver's championship, not the constructors. But the next year, both themselves and Ferrari were on the back foot. uh, This is where Mercedes is and essentially where everybody else is, minus the top two teams in um, the championship. Well, we went over those first three teams, so let's go over the guy who was seventh in points, another uh, British driver in Lando Norris. McLaren's number one uh, had a strong uh, result at um, or was was out and did what he had to do at uh, Baku yesterday. Uh, he finished ninth, so it wasn't as good as he probably wanted Um Relative, But they didn't have the pace this weekend, Mikhail, um, relative to other races this year. But Lando has been qualifying solidly, has been doing what he needs to do. And unlike his teammate, which uh, we'll get into a little later, um, has been more consistent. And that's what McLaren needs at the moment in regards to their battle trying to possibly um, compete with, uh, say, Mercedes, um, it's asking a lot. They're a hundred points, nearly hundred points back. Um, they're essentially uh, in a pseudo battle with Alpine and Alfa Romeo. But you know, for those I know, there's plenty of people who love McLaren on here. Um, I'm a McLaren IndyCar guy, um, so the fact is, it's nice to um, see the likes of Lando Norris actually perform. But what do we see from him this weekend uh, and Montreal? Uh, for performance and possibilities of doing something
1: uh, of value. I mean, you know, he's he's done well, again, in Baku, like you said. Um, I mean, considering the fact that he had tonsillitis a couple weeks back and him saying in interviews as well that he's close to fully recovered, but but not yet. So we can expect the trajectory to kind of keep going up. Um, I don't know. I mean... (laughs) was a, a decent race from McLaren. I mean, they were able to keep both cars close to each other, you know, getting on the points. Ricardo just edging out, I guess, uh, on, on top of that driver battle. Um, one thing I was looking at also is the fact that Lando only has one race in, in Canada and, and in 2019, he also uh, retired very early. So he doesn't actually have much experience because I don't, I don't believe the, the smaller series. Go there. The junior series go there either, so that might be a, a tiny hindrance, I guess. It's very difficult to judge how, how well the car fits a track like Canada, I guess. So it's it's an interesting one. Also, I would say because Ricardo has had relatively good success there in in previous years, both with with Renault and uh, Red Bull before that. So I would expect it to be uh, quite an interesting showing, at least. Within the team to see if if this could be one of those weekends that Ricardo actually takes an upper hand on Lando, but again, Lando is you know still recovering, so we'll see. I'm I'm expecting a, a decent result from McLaren, but again, I was expecting also from Baku, and an eighth and a ninth is okay, but it's not fantastic for as you said a team that's technically fighting for fourth in the in the teams championship or constructors.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, right now their battle is kind of within themselves. Uh, Mercedes is in their own world and so is McLaren. Um, in It's about consolidation and making the most of every weekend before they get to possible upgrades here uh, at the British Grand Prix in a few weeks' time. But um, we'll see what happens with Lando. He doesn't have a lot of experience there and, it, I mean, it takes a little time to figure a circuit out and, so we'll see how that goes, and it's probably way rougher than it was a few years ago. Um, someone who does have a lot of experience at, at uh, Montreal is Valtteri Botas. and it wasn't one of the best uh, results or performances out of the Alfa Romeo driver and team this week. Uh, this track definitely, or Baku, didn't seem to suit uh, that car, and um, Valtteri Botas struggled. But this is a track that seemingly does suit him um, in his history, and he's had some good results over time, Adam. Um, what, uh, What can he do this weekend? Can he get right back to where he has been at times this year, where back into the top 10 qualifying, you know, kind of on the periphery of some decent points to kind of go and hold up his team as the lead driver there at Alfa Romeo?
2: Yeah, it was a very strange weekend in Baku for Bottas. Uh, it was by far the worst performance he put in compared to his teammate this season. And, you know, you, you can couple that as well with saying that Zhou Guan Yu was equally probably at his best so far this season since he's come into Formula One. I mean, uh, Zhou Guan Yu was easily faster than Bottas in qualifying. He was six, seven tenths faster than his teammate all weekend. And in the race, Bottas was really struggling. I, I can't really put my finger on what was going on. He just didn't seem to be comfortable. And Baku's a circuit that Bottas is traditionally very good at. You know, he was the first guy to win there. He'd led more laps at that circuit than any other driver. This was a circuit where you could argue to a degree, like we were expecting in Monaco, that Alfa Romeo could have really fancied a big haul of points. But Joe was the was the guy that was doing it until he had his reliability issues, which you know, was more down to Alfred the, the Salva side of it rather than the Ferrari power unit issue, which had played Magnussen and the two Ferraris as well. So we can at least forgive Ferrari of that one in regards to their retirement. But um, yeah, Bottas's performance was definitely below the standard he set this season, which has been a very high bar. You could argue probably more impressive than most of the seasons he's had at Mercedes when he was winning championships with Sir Lewis Hamilton. So this weekend coming in Canada as you said already, a track that Bottas has a good history there. He's quite comfortable there. He's good there. I'm expecting Bottas to just shake this last race off, go again in Canada and possibly find himself right up there in the points in the top 10. Again, hopefully that's the case. And again, it could depend on reliability. As I say right now, these Ferrari power units, they're so unstable. We just don't know how they're going to perform. So, On merit, I'd say, yeah, I think I'm expecting Bottas to get back to where he's been this season, back in the top 10, maybe a solid P7 or P8, but uh, yeah.
0: And that would be good for them relative to where they have been in recent years. Of course, their performance this year has been much, much stronger. Um, They've been in the doldrums and in the bottom of the table for a while. Uh, their, Their heydays of yesteryear have long since passed. Um one driver who, was, who seemed to have a lot of stuff going on with him yesterday was Esteban Ocon a lot of overtaking because his Renault Alpine whatever was getting uh having people with DRS passing him at rel- at, at will um but he's been doing doing he's been strong he's had uh, decent points for most of the season that's uh, he's been 7th or 6th, 7th or 8th most of the year. That's his worst finish of a race where he actually or got points, or, which is, of course, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> um, but um, he's had some off days too, but he hasn't been as far off as his much more heralded teammate. Uh, I think Montreal is a track where it's kind of more uh, Esteban Ocon style per se, I think you can be a little more aggressive and it's less likely that you're going to pay the price since he's known to hit walls. Um, So Carl, in regards to that, I know the Alpine, uh, the Renault power unit isn't considered the best by any stretch of imagination, but Ocon has kind of made the best of the situation and been able to maximize things while um, stuff has been going on with El plan so far this year.
3: I mean, I think he's it's, where he is in ninth is more luck than judgment, bearing in mind Alonso had two retirements. Um, so, you know, I don't overly trust that, where his position is at the moment. Um, bearing in mind also 2019, he didn't have a seat. So he hasn't been there for a very long time. I think he was there 2018, if I remember correctly. Um, so, look, he's not going to, he's, he's, it's his track he hardly knows he's not going to be anything special um i don't think he's going to end up where he is in this current table i think he'll probably end up in 10th 11th um maybe even 12th um i think he's i he's that, that I mean that Renault engine isn't the worst thing I've seen bearing in mind the Ferraris are on there um, at the moment and bearing in mind the Mercs are on there. So look, I think that Renault engine isn't horrific. That car isn't actually that bad um, as a car. Um, So where he's going to lend up, I think, you know, I think he'll do, I think he'll be low, low, low points or out of them. Um, very midfield um, and not anything to really write home about.
0: Ocon in his uh, history, he's only raced there twice, but he has had low, low, low points. So he has points finishes there. So it's not a bad circuit for him. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the next driver will get into Is a guy who uh, had a very strong weekend at Azerbaijan, great qualifying, great energy uh, coming through for Pierre Gasly, uh, akin to what uh, we've seen from him in recent years, Mikhail, in that he would go and be the best of the rest. He'll go qualify fifth, sixth, and then he'll kind of compete and have opportunities to get that. You know get those good points it's not been that way this year for the alpha tory team compared to of course their um senior team by but last yesterday's race and last weekend was more indicative of what pierre gasly has been known for over recent times and can they carry that energy here um and positive uh, momentum uh, I mean, even, uh, yeah, I mean, positive momentum for him on his side of the garage or patent with uh, you know, the performance there at AlphaTauri
1: for uh, Pierre Gasly. I mean, he had a very, very commanding um, performance in Baku, I, I will say. I think it was his first point since Australia. I believe I read that. So, you know, it's great to see him back. It's very entertaining when he, you know, things are going well. Um, so I would expect that this type of this momentum was to continue. I'm not exactly certain where the performance increase suddenly came for for Tauri to have both cars, you know, relatively well sitting in the points before you know to notice unfortunate cracking of the the rear wing. But in general, it looks like Tauri is improving a lot mm-hmm. in in the recent in recent races. And, yeah, I mean, I would expect at least the momentum for Pierre to, to continue. It looks like he's very happy. I mean, I guess, you know, the recent news about Perez getting a longer contract at Red Bull is also really opening his his mind to the fact that I have doubts that he never even thought it's going to be possible of returning to Red Bull anyway. So I think he's now now really going to start pushing and, and looking for, for other teams, you know, maybe getting that little bit of an upgrade to to a team like no McLaren or or something that's a bit higher performance or you know to maybe fight for podiums in the future. So yeah, I mean I, I believe in I believe in the momentum that's that's pushing off at right now. Um again Canada is is kind of a wild card for everyone because of no races be- you know since the pandemic and everything. And with the new cars it's tough to say, but you know I I feel confident in in Pierre in going to a doing a Q3 performance on Saturday and then continuing on solid points for Sunday.
0: And weather always can play a factor there. Rain's always there's kind of can sneak in there. The track surface could uh, play a part in regards to tires and having to do strategy and multiple pit stops versus, you know, one depending on where the tire wear is for Pirelli. But another person that a person he's tied with in points right now is, uh, Fernando Alonso. They're, uh, tied for 10th in the world championship drives, world championship. Uh, it's a very close battle amongst a few drivers really from 10th to 15th. Um, Fernando Alonso, a former winner of the Canadian grand prix, uh, way back when, uh, seven top tens and 16 starts at circuit Gilles Villeneuve, an average finish of 11.6. So not his best circuit by any stretch of the imagination coming off of a race yesterday at, uh, Azerbaijan, which, uh, saw Fernando Alonso finish seventh, um, four and a half seconds behind, uh, his fellow world champion, uh, Sebastian Vettel, who we'll mention a little bit later. Um, that's, uh, I mean, solid enough. Uh, he's had some DNFs, as uh, Carl said, this year. So when he does finish, uh, at least he's making the most of the situation. Alpine now is uh, overtaken Alfa Romeo for fifth in the, um, in the uh, Constructors' Championship. So, you know, I guess similar to what, uh, Esteban Ocon is doing, Adam, uh, what can Fernando Alonso do to maximize their position in the Constructors' World Championship as it stands before they go on a short break to and go to both the British Grand Prix and French Grand Prix?
2: Well, ultimately, Alonso just needs a little bit more luck on a Sunday. I mean... Yesterday in Baku, it was a much more Alonso performance that we were expecting. I mean, he's been driving relatively well. Ocon's been the driver picking up the points because he's been able to keep his nose clean quite literally and just, you know, be consistent and get the results. Whereas Alonso has been the one, more often than not, that's shown the real pace this season in that Alpine car. I mean, he's had some reliability issues, obviously the hydraulics issue that hampered him in Melbourne, where he could have qualified on the front row in that race. That would have been a big haul of points for Alpine that weekend. But obviously, we, you know, we'll never know. Barcelona didn't have the best weekend um, because he got caught up in a few incidents. This weekend, um, sorry, in Baku, he was able to, you know, drive a solid race. They took the gamble with that skinny rear wing. Granted, they weren't overtaken by anybody, but they didn't exactly make many overtakes themselves. They basically inherited positions from reliability issues from the two Ferraris and, of course, Yuki Sonoda with half a rear wing. So it was another good performance, another solid drive from Alonso seems to be really in the mix at the moment and doing what he needs to to get some points. He just needs to get more of those big results on the board, hopefully with a bit more fortune, and that will continue. So... Um, I'm kind of expecting more of the same this weekend for Alpine. I think that both of them are going to be solidly in the top 10. I think they're good uh that they seem to be enjoying themselves in this car right now. It's going from strength to strength. So absolutely no reason why Alonso um as young as he is now the most uh, the driver with the longest career span in Formula 1, overtaking Michael Schumacher last weekend. So there's absolutely no reason why he can't do it again this weekend in Montreal, a track as you've already said brings happy memories to him uh, many years ago in the past. So yeah, another good performance I'm expecting from Alonso and Alpine.
0: And they're building up towards, of course, their home Grand Prix in a few weeks' time. They want to go and and their home base in a sense in the next two their home base and their home Grand Prix in the next two uh races. So it will uh trying to go and build positive momentum as we get towards the summer break for Alpine in their battle for fifth, maybe trying to go and make something happen and move up. Um, and battle McLaren uh, for fourth in the constructors if possible but we will see about that Um, in regards to the um, next driver in the standings I is uh, Kevin Magnussen for Haas Uh, the Haas team did not have their uh, greatest performance uh, this past weekend it has been a very uh, lean period for the American team here in recent Grand Prix, Carl. Um, the initial momentum that they had with their car and the pace they had with Kevin Magnuson, especially, um, hauled them a few points, which was solid considering where they were last year with Egghead. Um, but now the reality is setting in. Uh, developments have been made, and some of these other teams are making moves forward but the Haas team is starting to fall back. Um, essentially a, a pseudo home event for the team, not the absolute home event, but a North American race, um, plenty of Haas C machines used all over the world, but especially in North and South America. Ken, um, Kevin Magnuson, I, I think it's a circuit that suits him very well, but will the car and team, Help him out in that sense to give himself a chance, or will it just be kind of the continued pattern that we've seen in recent weeks?
3: Oh, Hass are just doing Hass things, gone back to the old style of Hass, and here we are. Um, you know, we're with the highest they got is what 16th in the last four races. Oh, no, Mick got 14th, sorry. Um, and Max and Magson started strong. To be honest, can you imagine what Haas would be like if they had a ton of cash? Um, because they obviously start strong, and if they have the RD and the development, they've got the ideas there, they just go, they slip off because they can't upgrade, they can't, they don't upgrade, they don't, they're not, they don't have that RD that the other team seem to have, but they obviously have a very clever Amount of people at Has that can work very early on than when it's during the summer season. But as soon as they get out of that race uh, on that track, they're sat there as a golden goose doing sweet tilly po. Um, so look, they they it'd be retirement. Max be fourteenth, fifteenth, if they're very lucky. Um, it doesn't. Here uh, yeah, I got seventeenth last time on our last outing here, so I'm expecting the same. Has being has. It's too many
0: pages open up. That's why I'm trying to go and unmute myself and go and pick up everything that's going on. And that's great um, on my part, but yeah I mean Kevin Magnuson unfortunately uh the initial positivity that Haas had to start the season has started to wane, but you know it could be worse you could be you could have Egghead driving your car, so um that he's not there or Putin's buddy there, so at least we don't have that um one person who actually seemed to show up. Uh, this past weekend for the first time in a while is uh, Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Actually beat Lando Norris in the race, Mikhail. And uh, I think that probably is the first time this year uh, or only this, only the second time or no first time this year, he actually has beaten Lando Norris in the race. Um, And so who knows? I don't know what, what uh, Daniel had to drink or if he had a good party or if he hung out with the right people or he got to, he was wearing a Dale Earnhardt t-shirt and he got all the vibes and momentum off of the Dale Earnhardt shirt, but um, a decent performance considering people are questioning his uh, future at McLaren um, at a track where he has won at before as well in Montreal coming up this uh, coming weekend. three top fives and five top tens and eight starts. So um, a track that is that he has done very well at in his history. But um, what should we be looking for from Danny Rick at a track and at a place I'm pretty sure he's very happy to be going to this coming
1: weekend? I mean, you know, you you mentioned already the the core, the core point is, which is the fact that you know, Daniel got his first win in F1 in in Canada back in 2014, and he's done well with with the last couple outings that we had um, in 2019 and 2018, with two different teams as well. So, like I was already you know referring to when talking about Lando, I I expect Daniel to be as strong as as Lando, if not a bit stronger in the on this track. If he's not, then it bodes very badly for him in terms of the end of the season and, and you know potentially even in terms of his seat because if, if this is not the type of a racetrack and coming off from a decent weekend as well so there's no like drop of morality or whatever but uh, of morale but um, I, I assume that he will be you know performing very commandingly getting into a Q3 performance uh, scoring some solid points of course barring any you know mechanical issues or or whatever so i will be very disappointed if he if he has another lackluster type of weekend in, in canada where he should at least on paper and i mean you know paper isn't much but on paper i would expect him to be the the stronger of the mclarens
0: which would be something if uh, he was to go and continue that momentum uh, would be he has plenty of fans of course um and a lot of people want him to stay in formula one because of you know i think uh, connor moore wants him to stay in formula one in large part because of his impression um of daniel ricardo but uh you know we'll see what happens with danny rick uh at one of his better racetracks this coming weekend uh but um you know, I think another person, somebody who has done very well there, a guy who had a great performance this past weekend is Sebastian Vettel. Adam uh, gets a sixth place finish in a car that obviously is not a top car. Um, It has proven at times to be really, really bad. Um, But in the hands of Sebastian Vettel, he's making the most out of a tough situation. And, um, and in it's in a, another positive performance yesterday, sixth place uh, at Baku, making, maximizing his situation there. He's finished in the top 10 every time he has raced at Montreal, and he has 10 top five. So, I mean, it'll be asking a lot for him to finish in the top five on Sunday. It'll be virtually impossible, I would say. But um, he has two wins there. He's done great there in previous races with Ferrari and with Red Bull, of course. But, I mean, the momentum is all there for him, for Sebastian Vettel, um, to go and kind of keep it going here, going to Montreal this weekend to kind of hold up the Aston Martin flag relative to their other driver.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's not to like about what's going on with Seb Vettel right now? It's really, really wholesome stuff to see Seb starting to drive really well again, probably the best that he's driven for quite a number of years now uh, in this recent patch of form that he's in. And, you know, we talked about how he did in Baku, you know, he P6, which was a great result, all ends up, you know, he qualified well, so we were expecting him to go well there. And it could have been even more if it wasn't for the mistake he made trying to overtake Esteban Ocon, where, and and I don't think I'm underselling this as well, where we saw, one of the most brilliant pieces of recovery driving I think I've ever seen, really. The way he just spun that car around um, at the escape road and managed to get himself back on the road, where he didn't only lost about six or seven seconds. All right, it was a couple of places, but he still managed to recover at least one of them with Sonoda. So I think it's just brilliant seeing what Seb Vettel was doing right now. Um, and I'm hoping that that continues. I really do. And I think Aston Martin are really enjoying this right now because... They have obviously got a lot of responsibility to try and decide what they want to do going forward. Do they want to continue with this sort of Sebastian Vettel project? Can they convince him to stay for another couple of seasons? I'm not sure. There's a lot of options right now. The car seems to be getting better. How much of it is based off the current Red Bull? We don't know. Of course, that one's got a little bit quiet for now, probably because the car isn't at the top of the midfield, but we'll wait and see if that has any legs later on, but it's starting to you know the progress is is there for aston martin at least in vettel's hands right now and hopefully this weekend at a circuit which i'm sure aston martin will want to do well bearing in mind it's the home grand prix for uh, lawrence stroll and his son lance who has the safest seat in the sport right now who obviously needs a good weekend himself and when we're coming up to the wall of champions that's not a good sign um by lance's recent uh, credentials at the moment so Hopefully for Vettel, he can go well next weekend, continue this form that he's been going through another street circuit where he tends to excel. So why not? Let's, let's keep this run going.
0: It'll be good to see. Uh, it's very positive when they do bother to show people outside of Max Verstappen in the race to show some people that actually have, um, a good history and have done great things in this sport, even if they drive for tools. Um, in the sense of Sebastian Vettel having to drive for what he drives for. Um, On the flip side of that, in regards to the experience factor, somebody who has never driven at Montreal uh, who until this weekend will be Yuki Sonoda, Carl. And of course it's, you know, it's Yuki. You never know what you're going to get from him. It's almost like playing Yahtzee. Um, He could go out there and go really, really fast and make something happen or he could, you know, take out half the field or crash himself or do something. Um, it's part of what makes Yuki Sonoda so interesting. And he's a good kid and he gets a little snarky at times and he has his moments. But I think he has to respond after what Pierre Gasly did uh, yesterday. Um, and um. what will that response mean? Will that mean he goes and does something or will that mean he goes and bends it? this weekend
3: um i mean he was unlucky with his gaffer taped um rear wing i mean much like his career slightly gaffer taped at the moment um trying to struggle through and he's off the boil and you know that no matter how much they patch him together and try and put him out there he still fails every time um look he's in 15th he's not that good let's be honest he's only there because of where he comes from um and there's better drivers in waiting to take that seat um i want to yoki to do well yuki Yoki. who the hell is yuki uh yuki to do well um but no he's he's really not he's not anything to write home about and now, he's. Uh, you, we talked about Gasly having a bum squeaky time as to what he's going to do. Do um, you know what, Snowden going to do? That Red Bull seat's not his for another couple of years now. Uh, is he really going to sit there in that Alpha Is he even going to be allowed to sit in that Alpha for a couple of years? Um, when, you know, uh, when the Honda... Link is sort of being severed. Um, this is his second year, he should be doing better, he should be matching uh, Gasly. Um, and he really isn't. I mean, Gasly is five positions up higher than him, um, and that really shouldn't be that this year. Um, and it doesn't matter, like, okay, he hasn't driven this track. Um, I don't know if he drove it in F2. Did he do F2? I can't remember. No, no, <laughs> I'm getting nodded. Um, so look, he he didn't drive Bahrain, if I remember correctly, or one of them from the early days, um, when he first started. Um, I'm not worried by that. I think his driver talent is going to far outweigh his knowledge of the track um in not competing that well this week.
0: All right. So if you like Yuki Sonoda, um, Carl just went and poured water all over it. So um, congratulations. Um, You shouldn't watch. Um, Just uh, don't worry about it. It's a late, late for you, for you guys. It's the reason why I'm going to be hosting another show here uh, in a few days time. Uh, Yeah. If you're a Yuki Sonoda fan based on Carl, don't watch. Um, uh, In regards to another person that you probably won't be watching or you won't see unless he's getting lapped but he does know how to score points is alexander albon and the williams outfit mikhail he's done he's done a lot with a little really um his his uh bff you know george scored more points of course last year of course lots of circumstances had to fall into place for that to happen But considering where Williams is, they would have thought that they would have made a little bit of progression with new technical regulations. It doesn't seem to have happened for whatever reason, any number of reasons. But for Albon coming back to the sport after being in DTM to go and be able to at times get a Q2 performance, be able to, you know, occasionally sneak around the points is probably the best we can really expect out of that team and out of him relative to what they have, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the backsliding that Williams has had this season compared to the, the especially latter half of last season, it's, it, it's sad to watch in a way. Um, I think Alex has done well this season. I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing as what well. We had a problem with, with Mick last year is that you can't really compare. Because your teammate is so far out of your league that we don't actually know. Is Albon driving the 110% of the potential that Williams has, or is he driving 50? We don't know because you know Latifi is barely diving 10%. So it's 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 tough to say. I, I don't think you know Canada is gonna be a spectacular outing for Williams. I don't expect either one of them make out of make it out of Q1. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's tough to put anything else on there really i don't expect there to be points unless there is a lot of carnage in front or maybe a a freaky weather accident of course but without something like that happening i think you know the p16 he's on in the standings is the highest that he can make it's williams is still by far the worst car even though the haas and, and aston martin sometimes fall back back there as well but it's it's you know you can confidently assume that they're not gonna make it past q one on Saturday, for example, so it's not looking too positive, but it is what it is,
0: yeah, it's unfortunate that Williams has gone down that uh well uh, it's been uh, deep, it's getting deeper and deeper as the years go by for them since their their relevance and their great days of the eighties and nineties but um Another driver, somebody else who actually does have points, somebody who is from there, and uh, as a couple of you guys have mentioned, very secure um, in his seat is Lance Stroll. Um, He uh, continues to show his um, amazing progression after many years in Formula One by showing his ability to um, hit walls at at a very consistent pace and um used his dad's money um in in very frivolous ways adam um his teammate finished 6th his teammate was relatively up front for most of the weekend uh but land stroll crashed in qualifying and then had issues in the race as well uh per land stroll so it's his home race first time since 19 um he has raced there before uh just bring it up uh he does have two top 10 finishes there actually out of three races um so when he has run at the finish he has finished in the top 10 there uh which is interesting uh but is i i have a hard time believing that that's going to happen this weekend but what say you
2: well, a home race is a home race, and as Nigel Mansell once said, a home race can be worth almost up to a second a lap round there. Not quite sure Lance Stroll is going to be able to find that much. Uh, I'm not sure anybody's going to be able to find a second a lap at the moment uh, with these current cars, but you know, you you got to say that on street circuits, Lance Stroll does struggle very well, in particular with the fact that you can't really make errors. You know, Canada's not often seen as a street circuit by nature, but it, it certainly is, and it does have that risk element to it. Where if you make a mistake, you end up in a barrier, or you end up off the circuit. And you know, Lance, yeah, despite you know, despite the top ten finishes that he's had, it's a circuit that can be a little bit hit and miss with him. Of course, he had that incident. What was it with uh, with one of the Toros? I think it was Carlos. Was it Carlos Signs? A couple of years ago, where he went in where they collided together and went in the walls. It might be him or Kvyat, one of the two, but. You know, long story short, it's a weekend where, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for Lance Stroll to get back on form again. And he's been very hit and miss this season. You know, it's very easy for us to praise Vettel. And in a way, it can make someone like Lance look worse than he actually is. He's a driver that, on his day, can be a very good, solid driver. We just haven't seen many of those days this season. So this weekend, you know, he'll put it to the back of his mind. He's a confident lad, and I'm sure he'll go into this weekend Hoping to put on a show for the home crowd, they'll certainly be hoping he will because he's the best hope that they've got for a reason, uh, you know a home decent result. So, you know he's going to want to go out there and impress, and you know hopefully for his sake he does. But if you ask me to put money on it, I probably wouldn't. I'd be backing his teammate to get the better result for Aston Martin this weekend. But you never know; Lance may surprise us and put together one of his more sublime performances that he's done in the past a few times.
0: He's usually good for one one good performance a year so who knows maybe he pulls it out of his behind this weekend but i wouldn't be putting my money on that either but we will see out of him uh carl you mentioned i think you mentioned joe guanyu uh earlier and uh he for what he is for what people we talked we talked about one ride buyer um he's considered a ride buyer but he has experience and has won and had good performances in his time in lower formula but even this year at times has shown to have be competent and do what is necessary um i think it's more track sensitive and track specific for joe guanyu and even his teammate valtteri botas with this car um whether they can compete more than what his experience is um Hmm. To me, I think it's a sneaky pos- proposition for him after what he did uh, on Sunday that, that he's going to take positives from what happened even though it wasn't his fault you know, per se what happened to him to go in positive momentum uh, going to another Grand Prix here. Yeah,
3: year. I mean, Joe is in the wrong place and that is because he's had three retirements um, in the last four races um, in this list. Um, of champions if you will Um, he's he should be above Snowder in my mind Um, he is a let's be honest this is his rookie year as well again I don't know if he's driven this track um, in lower formulas but um, he certainly um, hasn't driven it in a Formula 1 car so look he's a rookie I gave Yuki a year um, and I've got to give um, Joe a year Um, to really find his feet. And to be fair, that card's not he's had four retirements in uh, three retirements in four. Um, and I just feel like he's had a lot of bad luck. Um, and he was doing so well at Azerbaijan. Um, I think he has promise. I think he is a midfield player. Um, I don't think he's world champion ever, but he is a midfield player. Um and i do feel sorry for him but he's certainly better than the other three eejits that are above him
0: and he's better than the guys that are behind him uh in, in, in certain ways too uh, one of those in particular is mick schumacher mikhail um his father has won seven times at this racetrack tied with sir lewis hamilton but mick's year this year unlike his previous trajectory in lower formulas where that second year he takes a big step up in performance it has not it has not happened yet maybe it might i don't know i have a hard time believing it will in that particular car um but what do what do we see here it's been i mean the street tracks definitely don't seem to suit mick very well um they usually end up with um uh, the car in a in in a cardboard box um this track is pseudo street pseudo permanent i mean i I guess you can get really crazy and get real aggressive and say like he'll pull he'll pull it out like his dad has at times in his legendary career or he'll just fall out of q1 like uh, they did this weekend yeah i mean i i
1: I Definitely fall falling that second bucket i don't think it's going to be that eh, amazing of, of a weekend for for mick or for us in general but especially for mick um it's 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 tough i mean he was doing fine you know i believe in miami he was almost you know almost fighting for points at least if he wasn't on points when he crashed with veto so after that, I mean, it's, it, you know, it hasn't been really, you know, anything spectacular f- for the last couple of races. And now again, uh, like you said already, type of kind of a street circuit. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's really tough because, you know, last season he was looking fine, but again, you know, no real teammate to compare to this season. He has Magnussen who's come from a gap year or of, of some time, So, and he's already, you know, miles ahead of Nick. So it's, it's, it's worrying because it doesn't look like he's really making progress either. Um, I don't expect anything to happen next in, in Canada, but from that onwards, if you know, if this summer doesn't see a, a good you know decent increase in his performance, I don't know. It's it it it's <laughs> it, 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 it sounds awful to to say that you know Schumacher name would, you know, leave F1 not on their own terms, but at some point, you know, if if this season doesn't start end in a in a high note, then next season better be fantastic for him.
0: Yeah, it's asking a lot. Um, we'll see. We have plenty of time left in this season, honestly. Um, but whether his team uh, uh, subscribe to that and actually can make the progressions necessary is to be determined. Adam, you get the lucky. Um, Finale here of another Canadian driver in. Um, uh, in uh, why am I forgetting his name off the Nicholas Latifi? Yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Um, his dad's company makes good coffee, um, they they good coffee pods. Um, I think he has other companies that are seemingly things that we use, but Nicholas Latifi drives around like a guy who should be driving touring cars or an LMP2 instead of being in Formula One. Um, But, hey, um, I guess we'll see what happens, right, in regards to this weekend for him at his home Grand Prix.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, lucky me getting both Canadian drivers. So, obviously, uh, any Canadian listeners tuning in, got to try and be a bit positive about this. So, I'm going to put a positive spin on this if I can, as deluded as it might sound. But, obviously, you know, Latifi has been uh, sort of credited as a driver that's well-known for crashing more often than not. And I'll be honest with you guys. I don't remember the last time I've seen this. Uh, was Latifi crash after a uh, Jeddah oh, and stuff like that. So uh, unless I've clearly missed one, obviously feel free to correct me in the comments guys, if I have, but you know, he has been keeping his nose clean to a degree that said, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's been quick either. And Alex Albon has certainly been proving this season. Um, as Mikhail mentioned earlier, that there is a lot more performance in this car that Latifi just cannot extract. Now, that doesn't mean that Latifi's a bad driver, but with the level in F1 and the calibre of F1 drivers and calibre of drivers trying to get into F1 increasing more and more every season, it's becoming increasingly difficult to justify having Latifi on the grid with the obvious exception of the fact that his family can bankroll him in this sport. Now, there's been a lot of talk recently about his seat at Williams and where Williams, do they need the money anymore? And from what we've been hearing or what I've been hearing, that might not be the case anymore. We've been, I've been hearing rumours that Oscar Piastri, Alpine, a driver that I have a lot of admiration for and I really, really feel should be in Formula 1 right now. So there's been a lot of rumours around him possibly coming to the team next season at Williams. Williams seem to like this idea of loaning drivers as they've done with Albon from Red Bull. And it looks like they may be looking to loan... Um, Oscar Piastri from Alpine for a couple of seasons, coupled with a deal that will allow them to drive with the Renault Alpine engines as well in their car instead of the Mercedes ones. So as I said, it's just a rumour at the moment. Obviously, there's no credible sources that we can quote that's actually got any inside information on this. It's just what we've been hearing. And Oscar Piastri also teased a photo on his Instagram of Silverstone saying he'll be driving there soon. And that's not suggesting that he's going to be there this season. It's most likely to be a young driver test with Alpine. But all that being said, it's one of those right now where Latifi has a lot of distractions if that is the case in his head. Obviously worried about his future career in motorsport, whether that's going to be in F1 or in another uh, motorsport altogether. You know, it remains to be seen. So with all that that going on, this is the perfect opportunity for him to try and put on a show this weekend in front of his home crowds. A, A luxury he hasn't really been afforded so far owing to the pandemic. He hasn't driven in front of his home crowd in an F1 car yet. So hopefully for his sake, and I really hope this is the case. He can keep it out of the walls, literally out of the wall of champions as you know, meme-worthy as that would be. He really needs to put in a solid performance. I think the Canadian crowd will be happy just to see him competitive and doing well. Whether that's going to be plum plumb last or somewhere closer to his teammate fighting around the midfield, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, hopefully for his sake, he has a good weekend because there's a lot going on that would obviously bring him down a bit.
0: Yeah, I would say so in regards to that, but I'll give you credit. Adam, uh, you you made some you made chicken salad out of bleep, chicken bleep. Uh, when it comes to those two, um, you're way nicer of a guy than I'll ever be when it comes to talking about those two drivers. Uh, before we end, there's plenty of things I have to announce here. I'm, I'm trying to look at all the different pages I got going on before I let you guys promote where where you uh, apply your trade. Um, I want to go and give. Uh, shout out to T bear who left a review uh, and said that uh, Jared wanted me to let you them him know that uh, him or her know that you're in the prize drawing for June uh, nice t-shirts and other great merchandise that comes from the grid talk podcast um, trying to go and make sure we get more five-star reviews it seems like uh, it's been kind of going the other way. Unfortunately, no, no, why it's a lot of fun to do this show. And we have a lot of fun seemingly being on here, all of us. So um, it kind of changes it up compared to having to be responsible for our own deal. In a sense, we're all just guests and kind of talking and having fun talking about formula one, even when it gets uh, to be bad at times. So um, credit to you, T Bear, for that uh, five-star review. Um, Crediting us for going through the entire grid, which we did uh, painfully uh, just now in regards to this weekend's race uh, in the Canadian Grand Prix. So there is that. Um, We would, and going back on that, if you'd like to take five to leave a five star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, we'll shout you out to say thanks. Um, and if you're one of the 69% of people who aren't subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and subscribe. Um, you know, there that, I mean, that's about it on my end. I have to go, there's so many different things here that are on this page. You know, we have, they have, uh, Grid Talk has links to um, betting for uh, Formula One on betus.com. If you, there's a sign up code on there. Uh, there's discount merchandise uh, for Formula One um, on topracingshop.com. And then F1 race tickets, you can get them at uh, gpticketshop.com. Uh, there's links that are provided on the Grid Talk page. Uh, you could subscribe. Uh, I'll get into all those for uh, at the end after the. The guys go and provide their information. Um, Yeah, so uh, I'll start with you, Mikhail. Um, Where can we find your work, and where can we find you on social media?
1: Um, Yeah, uh, I don't really have an established platform, but uh, I've done some pieces for Sportlight Pro. Uh, If you guys can go check it out on Twitter, I have my personal handle at uh, MikhailKTJ, so you can also check me out on there. And
0: thank you for that, Mikhail. Uh, Adam, DNF1, I stumbled earlier, so I got it out clearly this time. Um, Where can we find you and what, uh, what are we going over here this coming weekend other than, of course, Montreal?
2: Well, uh, thanks for that. Um, So yeah, you can find us over at DNF1 on YouTube. Of course, we're available on all major podcasts and platforms where we cover race reviews, previews, and all of the latest talking points, gossip, and events in the world of Formula One. You can find us on our social media platforms at DNF1 underscore official for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as you mentioned already, we're going to be covering our um, Canadian Grand Prix preview tomorrow which is going to go out Thursday and then of course we've got a nice live stream of qualifying on Saturday afternoon and we're going to be doing our first live stream race review on Sunday night so make sure to check that out as well just type in dnf1 on YouTube or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform as well Well,
0: that'd be good that's something to watch for everybody who's in uh, Europe and have the uh, prime time formula one viewing Um, Even for us here in the US where it's going to be in the afternoon, Uh, Carl, uh, you and Tom have the monkey seat podcast. Tom Tom is on his honeymoon. So (laughs) you're um, running solo. I at see. the moment i'm running solo uh,
3: yeah I've, we've got a podcast hopefully tomorrow uh so anyone's welcome to come on i need to actually sort that out uh thank you for reminding me philip if not uh we'll see what happens it might not come out till wednesday uh we're quite relaxed so the mugsy podcast very relaxed sweary um very opinionated uh podcast um um we talk absolute uh i want to say a swear word in there but yeah there we go um, and we have a lot of fun uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously we're not there to make friends and we just have a bit of a laugh it's two best mates having a chat except my best mates in on his honeymoon uh, sending me pictures of his two veranda um, hotel uh, because why wouldn't you in Mauritius, I think it is. Anyway, he's enjoying himself. So I'm going solo for the next two weeks. Um, But my real wife is coming on next week. So we'll see what happens with that one. So that's
0: awesome. Great news. Hopefully we will have a Monkey Seat podcast this week. Um, Follow them on all social media platforms and where you find podcasts of course you can find them anywhere
3: that.
0: yeah the uh for me i seem to forget a lot of things but then it usually involves how much social lubrication i've had by that point of the evening uh the grip strip podcast is wherever you uh can find podcasts and we're also on youtube we have the grip strip podcast youtube page um at grip strip pod on twitter I'm at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter, and my co-host Josh Fine is J.P. Huffine on Twitter, and his uh, Twitch stream is Usailor2. He won an iRacing Indy 500 a few weeks ago, uh, so he is pretty good at what he does. Um, Before we go today, let's uh, get into the Formula One Grid Talk podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Pandora, uh, the Facebook.com uh, slash F1 Chronicle official. The Twitter page is at F1 Chronicle. And then they're on Tumblr as well, F1 Chronicle.tumblr.com. Uh, the Grid Talk store, you can take the podcast with you, A range of champion shirts and hoodies, plus we have caps, beanies to protect your head too or if you're at a golf event, you probably need a helmet. Um, Grid Talk is also on Amazon, partner with Amazon, give you a free trial of Audible Plus so you can start listening to thousands of podcasts, audiobooks, and Audible originals. If you're an Audible Plus member, you can try Pre- Audible Premium Plus free for one month. Um, and you can also give a gift of Audible Premium Plus uh, membership of the offer that they have on a link. If you enjoyed this episode of Grid Talk, Please consider supporting the Patreon uh, for just a dollar a week so we can get better microphones, cameras, lighting, and maybe a cheeky pint after recording. Okay, that's a good line there. Um, that's something I'll do. Um, or you can join our Patreon, as and they say that join a Patreon right there. So thank you so much for um, listening or watching uh I saw some people on the pay YouTube feed so thank you for that and we will be back later this week with a qualifying post qualifying show for the Canadian Grand Prix and a post race show for the Canadian Grand Prix that I'll be hosting then as well so thanks gentlemen for uh coming on this evening Yeah thank you and thank you all yeah, for uh with, for uh listening to the grid talk podcast we'll see you later this week